What a wonderful Savior that we Amen. have. Amen. 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 To him be the glory. Won't you take your copy of the revelation you brought today? If you don't have one, if you look in the pew nearby, you'll find one. Turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 8, and we want to take a look at it today. Matthew, chapter number 8. We're going to continue on in our study and devotion time if we want to be faithful in what God has called us to do. And I believe that the Lord is going to do a great work in our lives from day to day and what we've been learning as we glean from uh, this Sermon on the Mount. How many of y'all enjoyed reading about the Sermon on the Mount? Man, those are some tough things, aren't they? I don't know about you, but that Sermon on the Mount will make you say, Woe is me, and help me, Lord. I, I need help. I, I can't live up to this standard on my own in what you require. And that's what we, what we see here in Matthew chapter number 8. As we come in out of the Sermon on the Mount, we find in, if you would, in verse number 18, Matthew 8, 18, we're going, to see, we're going to see something that Jesus highlights for us as we think about our journey in this life and what it means to walk in His grace, to walk in His truth, to have both grace and knowledge of Him. And He says this, somebody came to Him in Matthew chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 18, it says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes... About him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now in Luke's gospel, he follows that up and says, You go preach the gospel. And then there was another guy that came and said he would follow him, but let him first go tell his parents. And Jesus said, no man taking his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke's gospel carries it over a little bit further, gives us a little more insight to what took place that day. But as we see here, is that what Jesus, what does that mean when he says foxes have their dens, their holes, and birds of the air have their nest? He obviously has a meaning behind this, and what I think he's doing, he's going back to this idea of this world we live in, in this raw, natural world. Foxes and birds fit in this world. Their home is in this world. But Jesus came from another place. And he told Pilate in John chapter 18, he says this, that the Son of Man, he said, I was born and I came for this cause to bear witness to the truth. And what Jesus was telling them is this, is that foxes and birds fit in this world, but I don't. I don't belong here. I've got a purpose in my coming, 
I've got a purpose in what I came to accomplish and do to reveal truth, to set men free from the lies that they've been believing, to redeem and rescue those who are perishing, but I, I'm not staying here. This is not my home. Foxes and birds fit in naturally, and so does everyone else in this world, but those that follow me don't fit in this world anymore. Amen. And I think that's the message that he's telling us, and that's the message of the Sermon on the Mount is that when we live under kingdom rules, kingdom principles governed by the Father, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we live and walk is contrary to the, the world that we live in. And that's why he helps us with, with these things. And, I, and we're going to look back at a few of those in a moment. But before we do that, Let's just take a minute and pray and ask God to help us as we dig in his word this morning. Father, we thank you. We want to bow our knee to you and humble our heart in your presence. For you say you do not despise a humble and contrite spirit. And we want to come with open hands, trusting you as our sovereign God and heavenly king. And that you are our shepherd and that we know you love us. We know that you died for us. We know that... You have come to live with us, in us, so that you may fill us and lead us in this life that we have, that you've given us. And I pray that we can continually learn how to live in this world that we don't fit in anymore. Have an influence upon it. Have an impact for your namesake. I just ask you to help us today that we can comprehend what you would have for us right now and that we could understand it, know it, and apply it, that we can be free to continually follow you and to make you known in this world we live in. So we're at your mercy. We need your help today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in Matthew chapter number 5, in chapter number 6, in chapter number 7, some of the greatest things that's ever been taught was unveiled to us. And what we find in some of these chapters is that Jesus is helping us understand that you take for an example, look in chapter number 5, starting in, I think it's verse number 21. From 21 to the end of the chapter, he gives us six distinct times where he says, you have heard it said. He starts off like this, verse 21. For you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. Now watch what he does. Verse 22. He says, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, what do you do? You leave your gift there before the altar, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, for fear your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Surely I say to you, by no means will you get out of there till you have paid the last penny. We live in a world 
that focuses on more than anything of just being happy. That's the, that is the, what this world, the humanistic world we live in seeks to be happy. They go to great means and great measures to be happy. And they'll do that at the cost of other people. That's why people take from one another. That's why people misuse one another. That's why people abuse one another because they believe the chief goal of man is to be happy and nothing else matters. Now, if you can do it and be at peace with other people, if you can do it without harming other people, you go right ahead and do that. But ultimately, in the end, we hear it all the time. It is, it is best for you to be happy. That's why men leave wives. That's why wives leave husbands because their goal is to just be happy because they're not happy in their relationships. Why children rebel and go other directions in life and choose not to follow after the leadership of their parents. And a lot of times they do it uh, in spite of them and a lot of times they do it as a result of their poor leadership. But no matter how you look at it, we live in a humanistic world and this world wants to be happy. And what Jesus is doing on the Sermon on the Mount, he's taking those things away from from men. Most men would have been able to say, well, look, I'm okay because I've never murdered anyone. Well, Jesus said, look, if you have hate toward your brother, you're angry toward your brother, you've murdered him where? You're guilty where? Within. Man, that changes the game, doesn't it? That changes everything. He's saying, I know the way the world thinks. If you didn't do this to achieve this happiness, but you're not happy with people, you're angry with people, you hate people, you've murdered that person in your heart. The average person would say, look, I'm a good guy. I've never murdered. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't done all those things. Look at me. I'm good. Well, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount with kingdom ways strips that right under or out from under our feet, doesn't it? Because we have all fallen short of these things. Have y'all ever hated anybody? Have you ever been angry with somebody? You ever want to choke somebody? You ever had lust in your heart towards somebody you shouldn't have had lust toward? You ever lie, cheat, and steal? A lot of times we, we'll do things we don't even realize that we're doing things contrary. And what he is doing, I know you heard it said in this world. I even know you heard it said in a religious world. But I say unto you, if you have a problem with somebody, it's a heart issue. Because nobody on the outside made you do anything. It's all what comes from where? From within our heart. He goes on to say, I, I think it's six different times. Look at verse 27. I'm not going to go through all and read all of it. But verse 27, he says, For you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman with an excessive natural desire and feeds that which is lust for her, has already committed adultery where? And if you committed adultery in your heart, you stand condemned of the law, right? And if you stand condemned of the law, in one area of the law, you stand condemned in all areas of the law. So this is what Jesus is doing. I think he's getting these people lost. What it does to me when I read these things, I say, woe is me, Lord, help me, I need your mercy. 
because I have transgressed in all these ways. I've done contrary to all these things, and I need you to be merciful to me. I need your help. And what God does is when we are seeking him for mercy, that's what he came to give. Amen. Amen. Mercy to us. He says it again, verse 31. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whosoever divorces his wife for any other reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries another woman who is divorced commits adultery. You see, all these things, especially in this area here, goes back to that idea of happiness. I just want to be happy. And whatever I need to do to be happy, I'll do it. And Jesus said, that's not what it is all about. It's about being identified as a child of God. Not our happiness. He says it again, verse 34, but uh, verse 33, and again he said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, don't even swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your own head, because you cannot, you have no control over your own head. How many of you going bald have any control over your hair coming back? None. How many else got thin in hair? Yes. Mine is thinning, Bill. I'm getting older, huh, Hazel? It happens, huh, Tommy? Not one of us can control. Now, some of you ladies try your best to control the color of your hair. <laughs> but you got to do something to it. You can't make it come out the color that you put on it. Are you with me? It's going to come out whatever color it was designed. And over time, it starts coming out more gray or more white. It's just inevitable. And like he's telling us, you, we don't have any control over that. And most of us, when we, when we swear on a thing, we swear on things that, that are not ours. We don't have the right to swear on. And that's simply what he's saying. Just be upfront, be honest. There's no need to swear. Let your word be true. Now, a lot of times we intend for our word to be true, but sometimes we, we overspeak our abilities. Are you with me? Well, all these things that we give an account for, he, he's just helping us with. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I'm going to tell you the kingdom way, and that is not to resist an evil person. Now see, now we're getting into that self-preservation and that pride issue that we want to defend ourselves. But he says that whoever slaps you on the right cheek, let him do what? Turn the other one to him. Man, that, oh, that, that's getting to the very core of our nature, isn't it? Well, I can't be happy if somebody does something to me and I don't retaliate back to them. I mean, pride makes me want to retaliate back. And Jesus is just stripping all that away for us to, to get us to a place to simply say that the ways of the kingdom are contrary to the ways of the world. They countercultural. They go against the grain 
of the thoughts and the acts of the people of the world. And if you're going to follow me, you're not going to fit in this world anymore. Matter of fact, you're going to go against the grain of this world. And when you go back to your family and they bury in your father, they have a, an agenda to do that, but you have a different agenda now. You have an agenda not to go and be consumed with death. You're going back with a life-redeeming message and give them hope in death. You go preach the gospel. You're having a different agenda now. And when you take a hold of that plow, you don't turn back and... and no, you, you, have, you have to stay focused on the assignment, on the agenda, because if, if you plan to have an impact on this world that you're going countercultural with, you've got to stay focused on the assignment. You've got to realize you've got a life-changing message that, that you can help this world we live in, and don't be shocked when they come against you because you don't fit in this world no more. I want to tell you, the people of God are different, Amen. Not that we're better, we're different. Why? We operate under different rules. We operate under different principles. We operate with a different king and a different shepherd who's leading us through this life. And I tell you, that's one of the challenges that we have to learn. And I believe we want to continue to learn how do we function in a world we no longer fit in? How do we do it for God's glory and how can we help other people see the beauty and the blessings of the Lord? Well, he, he takes it a step further. Look in verse number 43. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and you shall hate your enemy. That has been the thing that's been taught to you that you've heard over and over again. <laughs> Because that's what makes people happy, being with the people that love them and that they love, but, but being against those that are not with them. That, that makes people in this world happy. But he says in verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now what's going to be the result of this? Verse 45 that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Now, one thing we want to bring out, we don't do these things to become children of God. Are you with me? How do we become a child of God? Put in our faith in Jesus when a man puts his faith in Jesus, that person is born again of the Spirit of God. Their lives are, are now in a position where they identify with, with the Lord. They're, he is shepherding them through life. He is their king. He makes that difference in them. Now what this passage is referring to is that you will be identified with the marks or the DNA of your father. What is his marks? That he loves the unlovable. Amen. He is kind to the unkind. He blesses the just and the unjust. He rains on them. He rises. He makes his sunshine upon them. God does godly things to those that are his and those that are not his, that don't know him. And we, we are identified as his children when we're able to put our pride aside, when we're able to lay our lives down. 
and love the brethren and all other men and bless people and pray for people and love on people, even those that don't like us, even those that misuse us, even those that are not blessing us. He says, you be kind to everybody, be patient with all, and people will identify you with God. You'll be known as children of God, your identity, his DNA. There's times in my life where Stephanie will say to me, I'll say something in a certain way or do something a certain way, and she likes to bring out, she'll say, all right, Bubby Holden. Bubby's my daddy. That's my dad. And she's saying, I'm sounding like him and acting like him. And sometimes that could be a good thing, but sometimes it's not as good of a thing that she's saying, look, you're acting like your daddy right now. And you're not acting like your heavenly father. Are you with me? And then there's times in her life where I just refer to her as junior because she acts like her mama Alona. And sometimes that can be a good thing, but most of the time it ain't a really good thing. And she acting like Junior. Now, she's my favorite mother-in-law in the world. I don't have any other mother-in-law more favorite than my mother-in-law. And uh, so, she's a jewel. And we love her to death. But Stephanie acts like her. Elizabeth acts like Stephanie every once in a while. She plays the Junior. Then Lydia's a Junior. And then um, Lauren is a Junior as well. And uh, only when they do really, really good things are they more like their daddy, you know. It's just one of those things. No, no. But see, when we do certain things, I imagine in all y'all's family, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's, there's certain times where um, Greg acts like Mr. Louie. <laughs> and there's going to be times where Different ones are going to do things like their, their parents do things. I see Mr. Hubert and Karen every once in a while. We went and visited him the other day. And boy, he was cutting up. He was wanting to talk about deer hunting. He said he don't eat deer meat no more. Said somebody tried to bring him some already cut up, ready to eat. But he told me just not going to take it. But he was telling us about God doing a work in him. Praise God. Amen. He said, Brother Nick, he said, I probably won't be able to go to church this Sunday because I'm here in the hospital. He said, but it's been three years, three straight years. I've been to Sunday school and, and hadn't missed Sunday school and church in three years. And I'm just thankful that I've, I've gotten things right with the Lord. If he decides to come, what did he tell us, Stephanie? He said, me and the Lord, he said, I've, I've, I've got things right with Jesus. Amen. Now, The Sermon on the Mount says God expects perfection. Doesn't he say that? Listen to what he says in verse number, verse number 48. Chapter number 5. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. You shall be complete, perfect, whole, just like your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, how many of y'all in here would say that you're perfect? How many of you say Jesus was perfect? So what I do with my life, I take my imperfections and I throw them on the perfection of Jesus. I'm an imperfect man trusting a perfect redeemer. And as a result, he does something in me. 
And when he does something in me, he begins to help me in a world I don't fit in, a world that don't identify with me, a world that is anti-me when I share things or do things that go against the grain in their lives. When I do that, there's times I'm, I'm going to fail. I, I'm not going to live up to this sermon that he proclaimed. But I'm glad he did. Amen. And because he did, I have a perfect answer for, for my life and for my sin. Yeah. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And when I trust him, and the more I grow in him, the more his grace is at work in me, what happens is, is that the distance between me and the world I live in continues to separate. And I recognize I don't fit in this place anymore. This world doesn't belong to me. This is not my home. And when I let these truths that he's teaching us about his kingdom infiltrate and invade by his grace into my mind and transform me the 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 deeper the separation comes and what i begin to do is more more distinctly and definitely i'm walking in his ways and when i do that the world that i am walking against becomes even more abrasive to me and I become more abrasive to them. Now, I need Jesus' help with this. But I don't want people to disregard me or push me aside because all they ever see me doing is, is condemning them and not showing the love of Jesus. Amen. And I want to show the world the love of Jesus. Amen that he laid his life down for somebody like me who wouldn't get it right, who wouldn't always say it right, who wouldn't always do it right, and who wouldn't always be the perfect example for things in the kingdom. But he still gave his life for me that I can trust him and that I could walk with him. He goes on in this message and he helps us with I mean, so many, so many things. He talks about the eyes, for an example. How light reveals what's in our heart. You know, darkness can be in our heart, but that darkness can be light to us. And he said, when that darkness is in you, and that's your light, how great is your darkness? Because the light reveals, the lights are like a windows to our soul. And when that window is, is covered up with darkness, that's the only thing that that, that soul can see through is that darkness that's, that's within us. But see, that's what Jesus does. Jesus comes and sheds light within our soul. He changes us from within. So then the light that is in us begins to allow us to see things in life totally different. Amen. And when we start seeing life His way, we start realizing that if, if I am going to walk with him I'm not going to fit in this world I have a message for this world and I need to stick with the assignment that he's given me or I'm not going to sit well before him and what is the assignment that he's given us to do well one that would be to bring him glory to glorify him in our life how are we going to glorify him in our life by doing what he told that second man go preach the gospel that is go reach people for Jesus Amen. go teach people about Jesus and go equip people to serve Jesus. That's really what our mission is, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's not that complicated, but to reach people, to teach people, and equip people. I want us to think a bit about some more ways that we, as a church family, can be more invested and interested and involved in that process of reaching people that we could not ever put our hands on or be around or reach. It's like supporting people, supporting mission work and missionaries. We are all missionaries. We want to be effective missionaries. But we've got a few missionaries that we've been praying for. And I'm going to be praying about this year. How can we be more involved in their journey and what they're doing so that they can reach people on the other ends of the earth and that we can have an investment in it. It goes beyond just what we do in praying for them, but how can we, in a world we don't fit in, help other brethren in a world they don't fit in fulfill the mission that they've been assigned by the Lord? And I think they need our prayers. You know, we've been praying for the Brooks and the Major family who are over in the Philippines doing work. I'd love for us to be able to, to figure out some ways how we, can, how we can help them and do something for them more than simply interceding for them. They've been sending me information. At what They just believe that we're a praying church, and they asked if we would pray for them. They've watched, and they've been paying attention to what's been going on, and they know that we would lift them up in the mission God has given them, but I, I want to I pray about how is God going to use us to reach people right here, teach people right here, and equip people to serve Him in our community and abroad, on the campus at Scuba or at UWA, in Meridian, in Alabama, and Mississippi. But we also want to be part of something that's reaching people way beyond us and helping those that don't fit in this world reach people. And teach people and equip people to serve them. Amen? Amen. The major family have been sharing with me about their journey. They've been on an 11-week journey three times a week, twice a day, teaching a group of people in the Philippines, starting from the book of Genesis to the resurrection of Jesus. And, And we've been praying for them and had them on our prayer list, been praying for these things specifically. We've been talking about it more on Wednesday nights. But... They're watching people. God opening their understanding to come into the kingdom of God and receive what Jesus has done for them. Where they've been told all their life that they have to do, do, do. And when they do more than they do bad, their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds. That's all they knew. But they've been bringing the gospel to them and they realize that there's nothing that we can do that is good. And that we are inherently fallen people and that we need a we need a redeemer and jesus came to redeem us and they're starting to cry out and ask god to rescue them and save them in their imperfections that's a blessing amen Amen. people who've been indoctrinated with worldly ways religious type things but didn't know jesus personally i want to i want to be involved in, in in more ways than one on doing that. Stephanie and I mentioned to you uh, Wednesday night, or it could have been the Wednesday before, we listened to a testimony by, by the Brooks family who sp- has been over in the Philippines for 13 years. Two years they spent in Manila learning the culture, learning the language. Eleven years they spent in a remote area of the jungle, in the beach area, a very warm climate, 
And for 11 years, they were over there, but she shares about when they first went over, how she was, she was scared of everything, every bug and every lizard and everything, and she just wasn't equipped for that. But God promised her when she got on that plane and that helicopter and they landed them that he was her shepherd and she would meet, he would meet all her needs while she was there. Amen. And she shares a story. Stephanie and I just blessed me when I was listening to it. She said they planned and they prepared and they planned and they prepared and they got there and they were there for a little bit of time and they realized they were going to run out of one essential item and they had guests coming in that was coming to see what they were doing, be part of what they were doing and they was about to run out of toilet paper. And she said it had her anxious, it had her nervous. And you can't just fly out and go get toilet paper. It doesn't happen. And she said they just prayed and had to give it over to the Lord. It was one of those things where they felt like they were going to be embarrassed. They didn't know what they would do, what they were going to do for their company coming in without toilet paper in a remote jungle in the Philippines. And she said, I just had to turn it over to the Lord and give it to him. Well, something happened and there was a medical emergency took place in the village. They had to medevac a child out. And when they got back to the mainland, one of the uh, helicopter pilots noticed that there was a box with their name, the Brooks's name, on the box. A big box set aside. He grabbed it, threw it on the plane, brought it back, and said, here it is. Didn't have anybody's name on it, but it came from somewhere out in California. And it was sent to them before they ever left Manila. And it was cost somebody $80 to ship it over there. And it was a gigantic box full of toilet paper. Come on. Amen. Her point was is that God just reaffirmed to her that I know every need you have. I am your shepherd and I'm going to meet those needs. I knew you would need this and you would need this affirmation before you ever left to go on that mission field, before you ever stepped foot on it. I done had one of my servants put it in their heart to put it together, ship it over here to y'all before you ever touch ground on the mission field field that you was assigned to it was already in flight you had no you had no need to worry and and God which he's always an on-time God now did he have to do that no but I think he loves to do it amen yeah. I think it delights him to do it amen. and it's just a uh, an affirmation to to them it's an affirmation to us that look we we want to be in a position where we say God use us to help people like that doing the work that you've set them apart to do. They don't fit in over there. They've been sent with a message and they need to stay focused on the assignment. We don't fit in this world. We've got a message for this world and we have an assignment to reach people, to teach people, and equip people to serve Jesus. We want to help them as we help one another do what God's called us to do. And it's not about us being happy. It's about us being identified with who? 
the Lord, our great shepherd. Amen? Amen. And living under his sovereign reign over our life. So I believe in the coming days and the coming uh, year and the coming weeks ahead, I think God's going to give us some opportunities to be able to help people far off, help people right here, to help one another learn and be prepared how to walk through this life in a world we just don't fit in anymore. Why? We, we follow in Jesus. He didn't fit in. And if he didn't fit in it, we're not going to fit in it either. Amen? Amen? And may we walk with him with great courage and giving him praise and giving him glory for all that he has said and done in our life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you today that we can share testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness. You know our needs before we ever even ask of them. That's what you teach us. You teach us that's in, in the Sermon on the Mount already, that, that you are aware before we even ask. And what you teach us is not to be anxious, not to fret, not to worry, but you teach us to seek you first and your righteousness and you'll provide what we need at the time we need it for your glory. I pray that you will help us as a congregation, as a flock, as your sheep. Recognize that one, you are our shepherd. The only defense we have is following your voice. And that when we follow your voice, we're going we're gonna to walk through a world we don't fit in, where there's lions and bears and... and uh, vicious enemies that, that would love to attack us, but you promised you'll prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that you will take care of us in a world we don't fit in when we are bringing your message to this world, when we're sticking to and staying focused on our assignment, living and loving you and leading people to you. I thank you for your help. I pray that you use us. Thank you for a good year. Thank you for what you're going to bring before us today. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, we pray the Lord to just continue to open doors for us, that we would walk in those doors that he opens, that he would open doors for his word to go forth, and that we would walk in it and affirm his word, proclaim it with accuracy, with authority and with much affection for the doors that he opens to us. Because that's what he does. He opens doors. Amen. And uh, we want to walk in them as he does and continue to pray that he will provide and meet those needs that we have. He's promised he'll meet every need we have for every good work. He'll do that. And uh, we want to keep walking with it. Tell us about it, Greg. Oh, I got something I want to give away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've had this uh, burning inside me since uh, two days, three days before Christmas. Uh huh. And uh, anyway, it's apparent that Janet and I are going to be grandparents. Come on! Watch out! Well, hallelujah! Amen. She's been killing me. She's like, you can't tell nobody. Come on! What did you tell me for? Yeah. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. I bet, I bet we're ecstatic with y'all. To God be the glory. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. He says, leave, cleave, and conceive. Amen. Amen. Leave, cleave, and conceive. That's his plan. Amen. That's what he said. That's what we just read that. That's in the sermon. That's what he taught us. Amen. A man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall conceive and be fruitful and multiply. To God be the, that's God's plan Amen. for the family. Amen. <laughs> Delighted. Thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to pray the Lord a, a bless and take care, and his will be done. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You going to be an ant? Oh, Lord, y'all hear that? You already an ant, aren't you? You're going to be a great ant. You hear that? A great ant. Wow, wow. Awesome, awesome. Exciting. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can come before you and rejoice in your presence. We're grateful for the way that you work in us, the way that you work through us. We're grateful for what you've done for us so that we can celebrate life and celebrate grace and celebrate family. And Lord, we're, we're grateful for the great news today of what you've done in, in Sarah Beth's and Brandon's life, what you're doing in the Briggs family, and we're just going to praise you for it. We just pray that you will preserve and keep and that your name will be exalted and magnified, that your will be done, and it will be done on this earth and in their lives and in my life and our lives as it is in heaven. We praise you and give you glory. Pray that you'll touch our church. Lord, we're not asking you to fix things for us. We're just asking you to fix us for the things that we're going to go through in the coming days, and that you'll prepare us to live for your glory. So we're thankful for the good news. Like the shepherds received that night. Like the angels declared. And the wise men saw. And as your people who were in position to hear from you could recognize your hand at work. We want to see you. We want to hear of you. And Lord, we want to recognize your favor upon our lives. So Lord, do your work. Help us in this day that we don't fit in and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love y'all. Y'all have a blessed.